Thanks for joining the Capital Church podcast channel. For more resources and to learn more about Capital Church, please visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at Did Jesus say, I've come to give you stress and stress more abundantly? No, he said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And so we, we've got to uh, switch our gear, gears and kind of shift a little bit. God has provided us an antidote for the stress of our culture. And that antidote is called peace. It's the peace of God. The world says that the answer to worry, pressure, stress, etc., is to take a pill. Well, God says the answer to worry, stress, and pressure is the peace of God. Look what it says in John 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Can I tell you something? Peace is a gift. It's a gift. If you will ask and surrender, he will give you the gift of peace. Give me, I'm just going to give you a historical and biblical background here. Much of world history is the, is the story of conflict. During the past 6,000 years, do you know how many wars there have been? 15,000. We don't seem to be very good at living at peace with one another. We were much better at disagreeing, fighting, and feuding. I think that's why when the angels came, their message proclaiming peace was probably a bigger deal than we even realize. They, they said it this morning. I'm not going to repeat the scripture. Luke 2, 8 through 14 talks about when the shepherds were living in the fields, the, the, the angels came down and proclaimed. They said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. And he closes out by saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. How in the world could peace come today in our world? Many philosophies, I've, I've studied this, and so I've, it's interesting. Many philosophies believe that if the world would just get more educated, all the wars would cease. But after two world wars, among the most educated nations in the world... That philosophy, I think, has been debunked. In fact, without a transformation of the heart, education simply allows us to think up more sophisticated ways to kill each other. An educated mind does not necessarily mean or produce a peaceful heart. The world needs reconciliation. Reconciliation is the restoration of peace. Can you say we need restoration of peace? Have you watched uh, D.C.? Have you watched New York? Have you watched? We need a restoration of peace. And we need the peace of God in our world. Once we get peace with God, it brings peace on our own hearts, and then we can truly have peace with one another. This kind of peace with God that I'm talking about will diffuse conflicts, turn chaos into calmness, quiet quarrels, and swap your stress for God's serenity. We need peace. And that's why the kids today, when they were singing this, I was, I was so moved by what children were saying. The Bible says, let the little children come unto Jesus and let them lead us. To the shepherds, this declaration that they said meant the arrival, now listen to this, the arrival of the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. 
Think about that. Jesus was the prince, the head of, over peace. He came to bring it to us. That's why Isaiah 9, 6 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Every nation has this universal problem of conflict and war. Have you noticed that rudeness, not kindness, is on the increase? That's why when, when you find a kind act in our, in our culture, you find a kind act, it is really publicized or thought to be very unusual. I was watching the news this week, and they, they showed this, this wonderful kind act that happened. This woman, who was about 90 years old, called what she thought was 911, but it was an office. And she requested, because she couldn't get out of her house, she requested that they bring a, a walker, one of those walkers that you put your arms in, you know, and kind of steers you. She says, I'm five feet tall, so I need a five-foot-tall walker. Well, the, the, the office decided, well, let's, uh, let's buy it for her. So they bought it and took it to her. She thought it was 911 and the fires, fire trucks would come. It was not. It was, an, it was just a, a, a group of people that decided to do a good deed. That good deed went around the nation. It went viral. A good deed. I think good deeds should be happening all the time. That's when we know peace of God has come. And there are conflicts all around us. And the result of these conflicts are the wor a world littered with, with debris of divided homes and damaged children, discarded friendships, destroyed partnerships. I guess my question today is, is peace possible? Now, can I give you a short amount of counseling here this morning? We must first understand that conflict comes from our self-centeredness. It comes from our self-centeredness. When I want everything my way and you want everything your way, our agendas clash, we have conflict. If neither of us is willing to compromise, conflict will come and a war will arise. Another cause of conflict, this is interesting, is expecting others to meet needs in our lives that only God can meet. That's interesting. We put demands on others instead of looking to God. We expect everybody else to meet our needs when God wants to meet our needs. No human being can fully meet all your needs. Only God can. James 4.1 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something but don't get it. You kill and covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Some experts uh, counsel people today. They said, this is the greatest way to, relieve your, to leave, relieve your stress. You need to tell your stress to an unconditional listener. In other words, the best way to do it is to talk to your pet. <laughs> unconditional. They don't, they don't come back at you. They don't get mad at you. You can say whatever you want, and they just wag their tail. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But I don't want to have a heart-to-heart -heart with my dog. Philippians 4, 6, listen to this. It says this. Do not worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks. And God's peace, there it is, and God's peace which is so great, we cannot understand it. We'll keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Pray about everything, and the gift of peace is given to you. 
I'll, I'll give you some reality here. There will never be peace in the world until there's peace in nations. There will never be peace in our nation until there's peace in our communities. And there will never be peace in our communities until there's peace in our families. And there certainly won't be peace in our families until there's peace in us. And that kind of, the kind of peace can only come from the Prince of Peace as we surrender to it. I want to give you three things before I close. The message of Christmas is that Jesus offers you peace with God. That's what Christmas is all. He came to say, I, I have peace, and it's a gift. You surrender, I give you this, this gift. If, if we are living our lives our way instead of God's way, we are in conflict with God. You were created to live for God's purpose and not in rebellion against God. It is this unspoken war that, that with God that causes such tension in us and can actually cause fatigue in our bodies. Listen, I have enough battles to war with the devil. I don't need to battle with God too. The symptoms of our war are all around us. Anger, insecurity, impatience, manipulation, arrogance, resentment. In contrast, the Bible says that the effects of being reconciled with God are qualities that we all want, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We Aren't those good? We all have a deep, probably unconscious need to be reconciled and reconnected to our Creator. People talk about having something missing in their lives. I hear this a lot. There's got to be more life than this. Yeah, there is. It's called the peace of God. When we surrender to God, peace comes. Can I just tell you, there's nothing like the peace of God. There is nothing like it. If you're going through stress right now, I can give you the antidote. Most of you will say, oh, that's good, Pastor Kim, but I have a pill at home. No, if you'll take the antidote of peace, if you'll pray about everything, worry about nothing, and receive the gift of peace, God will do amazing things. But so many of us are trying to plug the hole of emptiness in our lives with something. We plug it with activities and jobs and school and everything else. They're all, good, they're all good, but we try to plug this emptiness. What we need is to be reconciled with God. Nothing can comp compensate with, for that. And Christmas is the story of Jesus coming to earth to be the bridge of reconciliation between you and your heavenly Father. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, God was in Christ making peace between the world and himself. In Christ, God did not hold the world guilty of its sins. In other words, you can be reconciled with God not by bargaining or negotiating with God, but rather peace comes from total unconditional surrender to God, asking him in your life to become the captain. That's what we must do. Job twenty two twenty one. I love this scripture. It says, stop quarreling with God. If you agree with him, you will have peace at last, and things will go well with you. You see, peace is a gift. The second message is this. The message of Christmas is also that Jesus offers you the peace of God. Not just peace with God, but the peace of God. Once you make peace with God, you will begin to experience the peace of God in your heart. That's why Isaiah 26.3 says, You, Lord, give true peace to those who depend on you because they trust you. Now, I want to tell you that there are some peace robbers. Every week you will experience peace robbers. They will come to rob you of your peace. 
there's uncontrollable circumstances. You, you have no way of doing it. It could be illness. It could be job layoff. It could be whatever. It's, it's uncontrollable, but we, yet we try to control these things. Secondly, there's unchangeable people. In other words, people who refuse to cooperate with your plan, and they're all around you. These are peace robbers, and you, don't, you try to control people so you control the situation. There's also unexplainable problems. And this is when life seems a lot, really unfair. I'm telling you, can I just tell you life is unfair? But God is just. And God will bring you peace in the midst of terrible situations. In fact, God wants to bring you peace today, and that is his promise to us as we attempt to come closer to God. We, we respond to these peace robbers that I was talking about today in three ways. We try hard to control everything. There are some control freaks in this room. You know who you are. Don't lift your hand. <laughs> Secondly, we give up with a fatalistic attitude. Oh, well, I can't do anything anyway. Or number three, we respond to situations through Jesus by depending upon his Holy Spirit, by surrendering and receiving his peace. You remember the serenity prayer? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. The path to peace, the peace of God, comes through living and enjoying one day at a time and accepting what cannot be changed instead of worrying about it. Trusting in God's loving care, surrendering to him. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's a good scripture. I end with this last point. The third message, the message of Christmas, is that Jesus shows us, shows you and me, how to make peace with others. God, now after receiving the peace with God and the peace of God, wants you to experience the joy of being at peace with all the people in your life. He turns you into a peacemaker. He gives you the desire, the ability, and the power to reconcile with other people in your life. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.18 says it this way. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. In other words, to reconcile. Anytime you attempt to restore a broken relationship, you are doing what God would do. That's why Matthew 5.9 says this. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. This is called the ministry of reconciliation. Do you know as a believer, you're called to the ministry of reconciliation? You're called to it. That's your, that's your ministry. True children of God are peacemakers, not troublemakers. I'm telling you, I think some people think they have the gift of troublemaking. They come into the church and they act like the deputy sheriff. I'm going to straighten everything out. And I, I tell, I've run across them. And they, they, they make more trouble than they do peace. We are called to be peacemakers. Every one of us. Jesus didn't say, blessed are the peace lovers or blessed are the peaceable. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers. Everyone loves peace. Everyone wants peace. But you have to be a peacemaker. What is peacemaking? Now let me just clarify this as I, as I close. Peacemaking is not avoiding conflict. It's not running from a problem or even pretending it doesn't exist. Peacemaking is not cowardice. It's not, 
It's not appeasement. Always, it's not always giving in and allowing other people to get their way and some kind of passivity. It's, that's not peacemaking. Jesus never said that you had to be a doormat or a chameleon. To be a peacemaker means to actively seek to end conflicts. Taking the initiative and promoting reconciliation when relationships break down. James 3.18, those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Church, let's be peacemakers. Christmas is the perfect time, I think, to offer the gift of peace and grace to others while celebrating the gift of peace and grace from God. It's the time for peace on earth. Let's let peace be in our homes, peace be in our neighborhoods, peace be in our churches, peace be in our nation. And today, make peace with God so you can have the peace of God. And then you can demonstrate the peace of God to others. This is the, pe- this is the season of peace. I want to close with this one scripture again. John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. And everyone said amen. Would you just bow your head and pray with me?